From about the age of four, Patricia Geigich knew she wanted to be an artist. Well, she's become one, and a very accomplished one at that, with her work showing around the world, including at an upcoming event at the Louvre in Paris, France. Patricia has also authored and co-authored several award-winning books, and has been heavily involved in humanitarian work in Cambodia for over a decade. She's received several impressive awards and recognition for her work, and has been named on more than one occasion as one of the top 100 most powerful women in Canada by WXN, the Women's Executive Network. On this episode of Run It Like a Girl, Patricia shares some of her unique life experiences, including a horse riding accident that changed her life and her work with a promising new Canadian band. Brian Mello was the Canadian Idol winner in 2007, and then he met Victoria Boland and Andrew Rudd, and they created a band called Apollo's Crown. So yes, I've been mentoring them for many years. Uh, They're in Nashville, and uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed that their path will turn into something very, uh, very special. On top of all of this, Patricia has enjoyed a successful career in banking, finance, and property management. The very gifted and giving Patricia Geigich on this episode of Run It Like a Girl. downtown Hamilton, Ontario today, where we are sitting in Patricia Geigich's artist studio. Um, Patricia, thank you so much for welcoming us into your studio and for taking the time to uh, to talk with us today. Oh, thank you for coming. It's my pleasure. And I'm very excited about what you're doing and to be asked to participate is a real honor. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you. That's that's awesome. And you know, it's funny because we've been talking for a while before we kind of got started here. Mm-hmm. And your life is just, um, you have so many hats and so many wonderful things and experiences that you have and that you uh, contribute back to the world that, you know, we were having a hard time kind of figuring out what we were going to focus on. But I think we've got it. So why don't we start by uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about your background. For sure. Um, so I think I was probably that girl who decided at the age of maybe three or four that I wanted to be an artist and when you're that young and you feel as if you're running into that space you do everything focused there's a lot of people who say that young children are actually born geniuses and they get through their lives and mature at the age of 25 so my dad didn't not didn't really want me to be um, an artist he felt that I should go into a job something that would give me like a paying job a stable paycheck paycheck (laughs) so I opened up both left side right side I continued to draw and to do the art that I liked I actually wanted to be a fashion designer and then I became a bank manager so when I was 25 years old I was one of the first female bank managers in the Manitoba Saskatchewan district of the Bank of Montreal yeah it was pretty exciting and then I um actually worked at Young and Queen, downtown Toronto, oh, wow. 92 employees. So at the young age of 28, I was responsible for quite a few people and encouraged at that time to realize women's lib was there and it was very prominent, but also that we needed to maybe focus on how to inspire other people, other women. So I really was engaged in as many outside of the job jobs so I became involved with Junior Achievement, um, Bach Elgar Choral Society. I just took a whole, you know, a lot of different avenues. So I wore a lot of hats. 
Wow. Wow. So that's, and that's all but in your late 20s and early 30s. Yes. <laughs> that you yes. were doing all of that, which is pretty amazing. So, you know, I think that leads nicely into, into something that uh, I'd love to, to kind of get your thoughts on and in terms of mentorship. Because even talking before, um, you've been uh, nominated five times by WXN Top 100 uh, Most Powerful Women in Canada, uh, which is amazing. And you've actually been a recipient of it three times. And you're part of their mentorship program. Yes. Um, so I'd love to talk a little bit maybe first around um, mentorship and your role in it and, and how you are giving back and then move into some of the people that have influenced you and have helped you along along your path and journey. Yeah, I, I mean, it's always, it's said so many times and so clearly that when you raise one person up, whether they're a child or a male or a female or grandparent or your neighbor, you are actually raising the bar for yourself. And I've always lived with that um, sort of feeling that it's more, it's equally as important for me to do well, but it's equally as important that I share that. So that wisdom that came with my life and those experiences when I was younger really did, you know, harness something inside of me to want to give back. So mentoring, um, I had the fortune of, you know, being a bank manager, I was asked to participate with the Federal Business Development Bank and their mentoring program. So for a few years, I did that. I got my feet wet because I had, you know, looked after businesses as a as a commercial um, banker. And then at the same time, I wanted to tap into my own um my own testing the water. So I started a property management company and that opened up other doors. And um, then I felt the need for myself with, you know, certainly giving back to the community through junior achievement and mentoring a lot of youth that way, that for my art, I wanted to have something that I could, um, you know, put myself in a position of learning because I don't think you ever stop learning. You're Mm -hmm. always you know, looking ahead, you don't know everything. So, but um, WXN also has given an amazing opportunity by their mentoring program. So I last year uh, was one of the mentors. And again, this year I will be. So I'm excited about Mm -hmm. spending the year, you know, trying to fulfill that. What a lucky person that gets to be paired with you. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, I think so. Um, that's that's really amazing. So maybe also you can talk a little bit about uh, some of the people that have influenced you. Right. So I'm with respect to my art. I was really fortunate that back in 1999, my um, husband wanted to take a trip to France, and we stayed at this little house in La Pigue de Mazenc, and there was artwork that I had seen on the wall of the owner of the house and I said I wanted to meet this person and so fortunately I met Dragan Dragique who lived in Savoyon in Montventoux in the south of France in Provence and he was in the top 10 percentile of artists in France so we were um, when I met him I I was actually overwhelmed because I had this passion and I I had no technical understanding of what I was doing I just it was all just coming out of my own head uh, so Dragon actually took me under his belt I was really really fortunate and he exhibited uh, with Christo with Picasso he's he's actually just revered in the south of France his whole entire life that's all he's ever done he's had no other job 
So for since 99, I went back and forth two and three times a year to spend time with him. And basically, I started at zero um, as far as what I knew. And then he has trained me, you know, technically with um, a Matisse palette and then his own techniques. So I'm very blessed to have learned that it's equally as important to keep your awareness on, you know, yes. always, you know, just the focus, like, and for women who are, and young people who are in sort of very specific careers, it's always good to turn the corner, keep your eyes open, look for an open door, and, you know, I always say yes, 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 and never, never, never. <laughs> so saying yes to opportunity. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Judging, you know, sometimes we think we know, we assume that we're going to know the answer is this, and so we judge ourselves based on I have that expectation but you know I still believe in karma and I think that you have to let your karma ripen or you know follow it right through to the path so sometimes the doors are you know that you're closing they're just going to come right back again so it's you're better off to really face each day face each experience and as wholesomely as you can take it and evaluate it for the reality that it is. Yes. And, and that's done quite well for you because, um, now you're, you're a very accomplished artist and you've had, you've exhibited around the world. And you, we were talking before this about some very exciting news that you just got. Yes. I'd love for you to share that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. So, um, I did exhibit with BB International Fine Arts in Kozlano, Switzerland. So we did the, the Zurich Congress House. We've done Seoul, Korea, just a variety of, um, other art fairs. And uh, through the work that I have on this particular website called The Design House, a lovely person, Jill McDonald, uh, kept my work up there. And Benedict Lacat from Cannes, France, saw my work and she approached me to see if I would be interested in exhibiting uh, or be juried by the Louvre in France, in Paris, for their Salon National Beaux Art event. And my work was accepted. So my photography is actually going to be exhibited uh, in December at the three-day event in the Carousel at the Louvre. And then Benedict has invited me to participate in another event in September in Cannes, which is hosted by Marina Picasso, who is the granddaughter of Picasso. So there is a, a new shift of energy for me. Um, I have exhibited once with Dragon in 2008 in, uh, in Provence, in Seoul. But uh, this is a, a really big shift and change to have that exposure. Absolutely. I mean, congratulations. That's just <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, does it get, as an artist, it, does it get any better than that? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't think so. No, this is exciting. Abs really exciting. Absolutely. So um, so you'll be heading over? In September, in September and December. And December. Yes. That's Unbelievable. Congratulations again. So maybe, you know, we can talk for a minute because another kind of big hat that you wear is your humanitarian work and, um, and, and what you've done uh, in terms of philanthropy. I'd love to talk a little bit about that. So I could start with the fact that back in the 70s, I, when I worked for the bank, there was a young girl that worked in our branch and she was from Cambodia. She had just come and at the time of the Khmer Rouge and the extreme genocide that took place, it really had an impact on her. 
and being in the same office with her, it really affected myself along with others. So I held that always as Cambodia was a very unique and special place and I didn't really know a lot about it. And I'll fast track that I, I always devoted a lot of time to you know, nurturing community. So I was involved and have been involved with Free the Children. Uh, we built a school in Ola Green in the Masamari. And uh, again, just bits and pieces of my life. I fortunately in 2006 had the opportunity to be involved with the building of a library in Angkor Wat, right on the sacred grounds. <laughs> um, the gentleman, Master Kawan, was looking for a benefactor, somebody who would see his vision. It was um, the um, keeping the folklore and the Buddhist teachings and the sustainability was really important. And they had all, during the time of the Khmer Rouge, been buried underground. So they were taking the books out, having them rewritten, and then they needed a place to put them. So they needed a library. <laughs> so when I went there in 2007, I fell in total love with all of Cambodia, with the people, with the, the message. And so I continued to work every year since then developing. We built a school. We built a school for the monks. We've done a lot of additional support. And then this past year, we did the Echo Village in Buang Miala. So we've got an innovation house and a new school in Cambodia. And then uh, through another contact person, I've been invited to join Help Heal Humanity. So there are three of us, and we're including Haiti, Belize, and Cambodia. And we've applied for our not-for-profit status. And we're hoping, fingers crossed, that that will come through, and then we'll work on events to continue uh, this legacy work. Wow. So that's, I mean, so so that's obviously such an important part of kind of, of who you are as a person yes. and, and what you've been going. So that's, that's truly amazing. And, uh, and yeah, very fortunate to, to have you. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it's kind of interesting in, I think it kind of segues to this, but as we were talking before, you also mentioned, so you you have your work as a humanitarian and you have your work as an artist. And then you're also in terms of giving back, you're working with a, an up and coming, uh, um, music group, musical group, uh, Apollo Crown. Apollo's Crown. Apollo's yes. Crown. Um, so how, how does that fit in? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, again, karma, synchronicity, um, all of those good things. And Apollo's Crown, Brian Mello was a Canadian Idol winner in 2007. And uh, he, you know, his career led him right through um, his path of, of performing solo. And then he met Victoria Boland and Andrew Rudd. And they created a band called Apollo's Crown, wrote music, which I painted quite a few paintings too, and had an exhibition to celebrate that work. Uh, they're in Nashville, and uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed that their path will turn into something very, uh, very special. So yes, I've been mentoring them for many years, and I don't want to say I've helped write, but I actually have had a huge part of their writing process, and... Uh, and impact. Wow. Wow. So that's interesting. That's a whole other branch. I mean, still it's, it's within the arts. So it's, it's obviously a clear, a big part of yes. Of life, oh, music is a huge yes. part of life. Yes. Um, so that's, uh, I find that interesting too. Um, so I guess, you know, in terms of one final question that we kind of, you know, we ask everyone that we interview and it's always interesting to hear what the answers would be. But if you could, uh, if you could sit here 
with a um, you know twenty year old version of yourself. What kind of conversation do you think you'd have, or or what kind of advice would you be giving? Right. So in my life, at the age of twenty, just over twenty, I actually ended up being in an accident on a horse that was um, run away on the Trans Canada Highway in Saskatchewan. And we were doing 35 miles an hour. It was a part quarter horse, part Appaloosa. And I had to make a decision because I knew I wasn't going to survive this long uh, path. And so I had to um, slide off the horse. And when I hit the pavement, as far as I, I know, I, I was, I'm going to assume that my mind went blank, that I was not there. And when I came to, sometime later, uh, I think everything was a, a real switch on. So for me, you're talking, I feel like I'm always at that point in my life mm-hmm. where I'm always at 20 and the things that I have done are probably very mature from, you know, what I did like to be 29 and, you mm-hmm. know, experience the things that I've experienced. I would say that to tell myself, you know, I wouldn't slide off a horse again. <laughs> I don't want that experience again. But I definitely think that keeping your eyes wide open, having a, a really strong sense of awareness, being focused on a path in your life, and and celebrating every single second that you are alive. That's really a big message. Just, you know, switch, rewire if you have to. Meditation is important. Mindfulness is important. Living a contemplative way is you know easy and uh keeping your focus on just nurturing yourself and then you nurture others by doing that Uh, yeah amazing i think that's uh excellent advice i think people uh you know so often miss opportunity because they're not looking at it or they don't see it right and you know you mentioned before also um saying yes to opportunity and that's something you seem to have lived by. It's true. I <laughs> mentioned I joined the uh, Craig Doeswalt Rockstar Marketing Boot Camp. Uh, again, this is like going back you know, seven or eight years and the mastermind. So through that experience, I realized that social media and all of the things that are out there are social assets that we do have things that, you know, we t- take for granted ourselves, but that we can actually utilize them. So Craig really had encouraged me based on the fact that I have, you know, experienced many things to write a book, which, I mean, that was not the thing I thought I would ever do. But I did write Karmic Alibi, Gaining Expedient Wisdom by Rehumanizing Your Attitude. And um, Then I wrote Karma in Cash, <laughs> and then I've been invited to be a co-writer in several other books. So now I'm working on a um, a nonfiction. I won several awards with the books. So I think taking every single day of your life and realizing that you're paying it forward, but don't take for granted the experiences. They are all important. As I look at my artwork now and where the focus is, I'm actually taking paintings I did 30 years ago and photography from 40 years ago, and I'm combining them. But the power of the message is is quite brilliant for people to see it because you're showing them your wisdom. There's a lot of humility that is revealed and a lot of sensitivity, but it makes what other people probably feel and don't know how to express 
come forward, which I think is really important because it's difficult for us to always share, um, to keep that even balance between, you know, what to say, what not to say, and how do people receive it? Are they able to receive information? Patricia, I want to I want to thank you again for having us here into your beautiful studio thank and for you. taking the time to talk to us. I just really cannot wait until this uh, podcast series launches. And thank Good you for being here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This is wonderful. Thank you so much. Run It Like a Girl is hosted by Bonnie Moak. Brian Long is the producer. Web design and technical assistance provided by Dan Moak. And music courtesy of the talented Brooklyn Gillichuk. After 17 years of living in Toronto, Christina Lord was ready for a change. She'd been laid off, and life was becoming overwhelming. Christina and her family moved back to her hometown of Kingston, Ontario, where she's now a Reiki master and teacher, a reflexologist, professional mentor, motivational speaker, and mental health warrior. Christina Lord, on the next episode of Run It Like a Girl.